Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 240. We are talking about virtues for kids, and we're going to start off this new series that we have by talking about patience. If you or your kids are impatient or could just use a little more patience, we have some seven ways that we're going to share with you practical ways that you can build patience in yourself and help your kids learn patience too. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey guys, we're glad to see you again and talk to you again today. And we are excited to tell you that we have a brand new series we are starting today. So you know how we have this series about, we're calling it Got Kids, like the old Got Milk campaign. And we talk about mm-hmm. one trait in our kids that's like less than desirable. Like we've talked about bad habits, like nose picking, and we've talked about like lying, and we've talked about all lots of bad habits and how we're trying to work with our kids on those. Well, in our new series, we're going to talk to you about good traits that we're trying to help our kids um, cultivate and learn and become great people that we turn out into the world. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about patience. We're going to start off this new series with talking to you about how we try to help our kids learn to be patient. Yes, yes. And what's interesting is as we think about these traits that we want to work into our children, the thing that keeps sticking out to me is how every last one of them is one that I am working on as well. <laughs> it's not that you get to be your in your 40s and think, well, I don't need to work on patience anymore, so I'm going to teach my kids how to do this, right? It's not like cooking where eventually you become proficient. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you can, <laughs> but it just seems like a much longer path, at least it has been for us, than you know, something like learning how to clean a toilet. I mastered that pretty early on in life. And patience is something that takes longer. And I will argue that some of these things like patience, um, you get to learn on a deeper level depending on what kind of life experiences you have, right? So right now I could be really patient with two or three small children, but now I have 10. So, you know, back when I had two or three small children, my patience was maxed out, right? So as my experiences grow and I get more and more, you know, hardships that I get to figure out, I get to understand patience and these other traits on a deeper level. So that's kind of what we're trying to figure out here is how to teach our children something that we haven't fully learned yet. We're still working on ourselves, which as a side note, I just wanted to share an experience um, that kids are always watching and they know when we are not, when we are preaching something that we are not perfect at ourselves. And I think this is a beautiful thing. It does not have to uh, be a hypocritical thing. It, It gets to be a connecting thing. So recently I was upset with my children and I raised my voice and later on, uh, one of my younger ones said, yeah, when I get mad, I do, you know, he started describing all the things that I did. I yell and I stomp around and I, whatever. And I'm thinking, yeah, he has a very good example of what not to do when you get angry, right? And how to lose control. And I said, yeah, I understand that I was doing those things. It's kind of scary when somebody gets angry, huh? How can we work on that? How can, anyway, so it ended up being a connecting experience, but don't don't use this as an uh, an excuse to beat yourself up that you're not perfect with patience, but rather uh, to connect with your kids and to learn a new skill together. Right, exactly. We're not teaching these stuff to our 
these things to our kids because we feel like we're experts. Oh, everybody should come to me and ask about patients because I know patients. <laughs> ha ha, big joke, right? <laughs> but maybe we try harder to teach our kids those things that we have less blessings in because we are very cognizant that those things need work. And we would like our kids not to suffer all the things that we have suffered because we have had such a lack of fill in the blank, right? <laughs> to your point about the younger, the younger you and how, you know, now with 10 kids, you could be patient all day long with just two, right? I remember when I had th three, when our third was born and, and, and she was like this amazing baby, but it was just the hardest for me because now I had three and it, it was the hardest number for me to, to, to do. I remember praying so desperately for patience. And I thought about that. Like, I don't pray as desperately for patience anymore, not because I don't still need patience, but because I think God has granted me that prayer and granted it to me through a lot more children, <laughs> a lot more patience building experiences. Don't you know, Audrey, patience is the one thing you're never supposed to pray for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. All it. the trials come. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Our current world is not designed to build patience in kids. It's designed to build impatience, like instant gratification. You look at it, it comes on your screen instantly. Like if you have to wait 10 seconds for a web page to load or, or a a social media picture to come up, what do you do? You move on, right? That is impatience. Think about, okay, those of us who are a little bit older and have been doing online stuff for years and years, think about how long we had to wait for things to load. Just, just to log onto the internet, you had to sit there and listen to that irritating tone, the dial-up tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, right now, today's current culture is building impatience in people. So it's definitely something that we need to be building in our kids and ourselves. Yeah, that is such a great um, acknowledgement that everything is kind of working against us right now, right? We have this world that we're going to have to teach kids uh, a little bit more with a little bit more effort on how to be patient because everything is so quick now, which is a blessing, but also sometimes a curse. So today we are going to talk about seven specific different ways to teach your child patience. And I think you'll find that these are also great ways to teach yourself some extra patience. Okay, let's jump right in. Number one, teach them the value of patience. Why should you be patient? <laughs> it's really hard to see in the current the current impatient building world, right? Like, why should you have to be patient? Nothing takes very long. You don't have to wait very long. But what is the value of patience? So we go back to the Bible. We believe that patience is a virtue, and it is one of the fruits of the Spirit. In the King James Version, it uses the word long-suffering. But patience is something that we want to build in ourselves and our kids. There is so much value in being patient. And I think maybe even more value now when patience is such a rare thing. Like if a person can be patient, that is something valuable because not very many people are. Yes, absolutely. I think it is a, a value that we are losing in society and um, you see it everywhere. You see it in road rage. You see it in like you said, people bouncing on a website when it took two seconds to load. We see the back-end analytics of our site and it's like, oh, somebody didn't like that there was 17,000 pictures on this site because it took too long to load. I'm so sorry. Um, but what we can do in order to 
teach our children the value of patience is to share with them real world examples of when patience has helped you or when it could potentially help them. So um, there are some things that no matter how fast technology gets, it will still require patience, like raising a child, like um, getting fit, getting in shape will always require some patience. Reading a book, learning a new skill, um, basically anything that has to do with self-improvement is going to require some patience. And anything that requires dealing with another human being will require patience. So I like to share with them examples when I've had to have patience for them because then it makes them realize that, oh, sometimes my actions require others to do hard things, right? Like remember that time you spilled your entire smoothie all over the kitchen floor? I really wanted to get upset and yell about it. And I chose to have patience that you were a child and still learning how to how to do things and we cleaned it up together. And you know, and then they can think, oh, I guess well, I require patience sometimes. And and just like I have to have patience for other people as well. Yes, we can talk with our kids about the value system. So value with things other than money have value. So we can be rich in other things. Like my husband and I often joke about we're not rich in dollars because we have nine children, but we have a very huge wealth of children and offspring, right? So we are rich in children. And um, something else that you can be rich in is patience. Um, you can have a wealth of patience and just, it depends on what you value. So just introducing your kid to the idea that something other than money can be valuable. And then like that in itself can be a reason to have it. Okay. So let's go on to number two, be a good example of patience. Wah, wah. <laughs> so hard. It really is hard. But we really have to show patience. We have to model it in order to teach our children or we are being hypocritical. And that doesn't mean we have to be perfect. We can definitely teach from a bad example sometimes, but we do have to come back to this is not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be more patient. patient. This is how we're working on it. Uh, you knew we were going to bring this up, right? <laughs> but it really is important to cultivate patience in ourselves before trying to teach it to our kids. If we are not even trying to become more of a patient person ourselves, then you're right. We're just being hypocrites. But work on your own patience. And then you have a place of not expertise, but authority to teach it from because you, it's something that you are also working on. Yes. Yeah, so ask yourself, what do you do? when you have to wait for something. You probably grab your phone, right? Because heaven forbid we're bored for five seconds out of the day. That's not really patience. That's just what we call it buffering in the coaching world. It's distracting ourselves, right? It's in it's engaging in that instant gratification. It's figuring out a way to not feel the discomfort of boredom. So beware of uh, cheating yourselves out of opportunities to be patient, right? This is like deceptive patience, right? Where it looks like I'm waiting patiently, but really I'm just engaging in something else, right? If we want our children to be able to wait at a dinner table until dinner is served or wait in a line or you know wait their turn, then try to model that allowing yourself to be a little bit bored. Yes. So hard, but so important. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our free episode guides. We have done so many amazing episodes that you can use, but we were afraid they might be getting lost in our almost 250 episodes. Yes, yeah, so we created these free episode guides so you guys can find everything you're looking for in one spot. We have one for our series on babies and toddlers, teens, on marriage, and so on. But today, we want to make sure you know about the guide we made for you about schooling your children. 
we both homeschool our kids. And in our episodes, we share tons of information and resources about what has worked for us. In most of these episodes, we discuss the topic like history, math, or science in relation to the seven different learning styles. So you can teach your child in the most effective manner possible. And even if you're not a homeschooler, we know these can help you with homework and other projects that your kids bring home. So be sure to click the link in the show notes so you can grab the free episode guide to all our episodes, including the one for homeschooling your kids or educating them in another way. When planning your school year, be sure to listen to the specific episodes pertaining to where you need extra help, depending on the topic. And we know that our amazing resources and tips will help you successfully educate your own kids. Okay, number three, read them books about patience or point out to them characters that use patience in books that you're reading to them. There is nothing like sometimes when mom or dad says it, it's just sort of have to do this. But when they see other kids doing it or practicing it, it really makes it more meaningful to them. Yes. I'll share two examples from uh, media that we talk about a lot in our family. One is the story of Les Miserables and the other one is the story of the Count of Monte Cristo. And the reason I bring those two up is because they both had uh, innocent men imprisoned for a long, long time. And I can't tell you how many times we've talked about that. Can you imagine being falsely accused and imprisoned? Can you imagine being in prison for years and years? Can you imagine the patience and the tolerance and the mercy and the grace that they had to develop in order to not just, well, Count of Monte Cristo, he developed it a little bit later, but <laughs> to not just be so full of bitterness and revenge that you can't live a normal life again. So, um, I mean, you don't have to get that deep with your young kids. There, there are some better uh, picture books you could uh, share with them. But that to me, those two have had a really lasting impact on me in teaching me patience with my little teeny challenges. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of the books about patience out there are kind of preachy. <laughs> so like, you know, the Berenstein Bears Learn Patience that just kind of ends up being like, <laughs> how many times do I have to read you this stupid book? <laughs> uh, but anyway... <laughs> Um, there are some good, there are some really good books out there that tangentially um, teach patience and not are just so obviously about patience. Basically, any book with a kid before there was internet, <laughs> the kids had way more patience. Or living on a farm than, or anything like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I love that you mentioned Count of Monte Cristo because that's one of my favorites. But for kids' books, I like um, the kids love to read like the Little House on the Prairie books. Farmer Boy growing his pumpkin and just all the details. I'm waiting for the pumpkin to grow and then taking it to market and all that. Amazing. Um, the Carrot Seed is about a little boy growing things. There's many, many more. The Anne of Green Gables series, like you think about Anne and she was an orphan in an orphanage up until the time that the um, story starts and it shapes who she is and why she is. Like there's so many so many good books out there, but usually the older books. Yeah, I kind of prefer that as well. Some of those younger books where you're trying to teach a moral lesson by outright teaching it is not my favorite. I think the whole point of classics is to learn about human behavior from actual real human behavior from these stories, right? And so this is just uh, an opportunity to for you to look for it. Like look for those stories that talk about teaching patients and and point it out to your kid. Like, look at what he's learning here. He's learning to wait. He's learning to, to be patient for this thing that is growing or developing, right? Okay, so number four, the fourth way to teach your children patience is help them find exercises that are designed to build patience. Maybe give them these, right? Start small and then move on to bigger things. So something as simple as cooking, right? It takes a little bit of patience to cook. You can't just open a package and eat something. You have to put the oatmeal in with the water and you have to turn it on. You have to watch it simmer for a certain amount and you have to not cook and not burn it, right? 
um, driving in a vehicle, right? So we actually had a um, TV installed in our van a couple years ago, and I still regret it <laughs> because does it keep them quiet? Yes, it keeps them quiet, but they miss out on watching the scenery. They miss out on developing that patience that comes from riding in a car. Now, sometimes we drive 10, 12 hours, which is a little bit torturous, but we did it when we were kids, right? And what a great way to develop patience. Um, timers, you can set a timer like, okay, we're not going to do that right now, but in 25 minutes, we will go to the store. So you set the timer and they get to watch it, right? And deal with the emotions that come up as they're waiting, boredom and frustration and oh, anxiety, right? Uh, gardening, also great, great, great way to develop patience. Even if you don't want to uh, do plant a full-blown garden, put a couple of seeds in a cup on your windowsill. My kids love watching their seeds grow. Yes, uh, such great suggestions. Oh, yes. We went on a vacation recently where we drove three days. It took us three days to get there and we rented a vehicle and it had uh, one of those televisions in it. And it was nice, but it was also super annoying because all they did was beg me to watch something. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, I'm glad we don't have a vehicle, one of those in our vehicle because my kids just have to look out the window and entertain themselves with other things I bring along. Okay. Here is one more exercise that you can help them with. When they ask you for something, don't give it to them immediately. (laughs) Instant gratification shuts them up, but it does not teach them patience. So yes, there's times when, you know, they're asking for something, they need it immediately. But there's other times where they don't have to have that immediately. And oftentimes, so I know you guys know our device rules where my kids want to spend time on a, on a device, you know, um, playing a game or practicing Spanish or, you know, whatever. And I always make them, before they get on the device, they have to tell me their plan for what they're going to do when they get off the device. And I feel like this is one way of teaching them patience. I mean, there's other things they have to tell me, what they're going to be doing and how long they're going to be on it. It's teaching them other things as well. But it does have that element of patience in there because they have to come up with a plan and wait and have a plan. And then like they don't just, can I get on a device? Yes. And they're on the device, right? There's a little bit of time delay in between what they want. Or often when they'll ask me, mom, my kids love to listen to audiobooks as they fold laundry. Mom, can I listen and fold laundry? Yes. After you clean up the hallway, then come ask me again. <laughs> like, so just like a little bit of an ask that they wait a little bit longer. It's, it's just another way that we, that we try to teach patients. Yes, I love that, especially when it comes to buying things, right? Your kids accompany you to the store and ask for gum or a, this treat or something. Um, saying no, sometimes it's hard. It can be something just simple that you'd like to give them. But when they get in the habit of always getting what they want immediately when they ask for it, it's a terrible habit to get into because their, their wants and their asks get bigger and more expensive and harder to fulfill. And it's just a terrible habit to get into to always get what you want immediately. Thanks, Amazon. Makes it a little hard for me, right? So even if you want to just give them an opportunity to earn the money so that they have to wait just a little bit, save for a little bit longer, so helpful. Um, And offer them some coping mechanisms when it's hard to wait, right? Offer them suggestions, comfort them. You can say, oh, I really understand how hard this is. The other day, and you can even share your own example. The other day I saw these shoes that I really, really wanted, but they weren't in the budget. So I have to wait until next month or the month after that. And that's hard because I think I would enjoy them a lot right now. But you know what? It feels really good to to finally get them when I've saved up my money or when it's the right time. Teach them how you handle your own impatience and they can understand this isn't just a thing for kids. This is something you're going to deal with your entire life. Here are some coping mechanisms. Yes. And I love the suggestion about growing a plant or a garden or raising an animal. Um, Those are just absolutely fantastic. (laughs) So we, my husband, um, 
was at the greenhouse with um, our four-year-old and the four-year-old insisted that he loved eggplant and he wanted to buy this eggplant plant. So my husband <laughs> got him this eggplant start and they went out and planted it in the garden along with the tomatoes or whatever else he was getting starts for. And he, I kid you not, checked this eggplant plant like three times a day for the first two weeks <laughs> to see if there's any eggplants on it yet. And finally there wasn't any eggplants on it. So he decided it was in the wrong spot and of his volition, he went out and dug it up and plunked it down in a different <laughs> random spot in the garden and it still didn't help. So I don't even know if the poor eggplant plant <laughs> survived. Um, it's hard. <laughs> learning patience. I know. I know. Okay. Number five, give them information. Sometimes kids are impatient because they don't know what hap what is happening or what is going to happen. I love this one, especially with very, very young kids. I use it both at the end of the day to go through a little, um, help them get ready for bed. Think about, think back through the day and what they did for that day, through that day, because then they just kind of slow down and think about, well, first I got up and then I had breakfast and then I went and did chores and then, you know, this through the day. Because then once they're used to thinking back through a day like that, then you can use that same technique to teach them patience. Okay. So you're really excited about this trip that we're going on and this is what we're going to do. We're going to get up and we're going to, you know, eat breakfast and we're going to go through, we're going to drive four hours in the car and we're going to like, you can talk them forward through this technique as well. So that's just a little tip that I have that I really, really have found helpful in teaching teaching patients is information. Yes. And I love that you shared um, like that time that time information, right? Because small children and even older children that maybe have some developmental delays really struggle with the concept of time. They're only in the here and now. They forget about yesterday and they can't comprehend two weeks from now. So bringing them back to acknowledging what's before, what's after, that things will always come, you know, eventually is really helpful for their development in general. And then it helps them with the, with the patients as well. I have one child in particular who really struggles with this concept. She just cannot understand what it even means to be two hours from now or two weeks from now. So we look at the clock a lot. We look at the calendar a lot to try to show her that remember how yesterday was a full day and you did this and this and this, well, we're gonna have to wait another full day for this thing. So, and waiting is hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for kids, but it teaches so much patience. And when they know they have to wait for an upcoming event or um, a trip or something, it can teach them so much of this skill and, um, and then teaches them how to anticipate things in the future, right? Okay. Last time it was two weeks. So that was like, sometimes we say it's two Sundays from now, right? Because Sunday is like the one thing that breaks up our week, right? It's like you go to church and everything's different, you know, um, you know, teach it in a way that they can explain it. But, uh, and then when they get there, they can understand, wow, I just waited two whole weeks for this thing. I could do it again. Yes, that is, that is so good. Um, I know sometimes I have been guilty of not telling my kids about something that's coming up until the day before <laughs> or just like the hour before because I am so tired of dealing with the billion questions is is it here yet right can we can we leave now can we go yet from especially the little ones that don't have any good grasp on that is the mark concept. of a mom of a large family when they postpone good news until the minute before they go because they cannot comprehend listening to it four thousand times again yes I do that all the time <laughs> I know I know, I know. And that is easier on me, but it definitely doesn't help them build patience. <laughs> uh, so since we're talking about patience, we gotta, I have to try to be better at that. Um, so 
I do try to talk to my kids about the schedule for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year. Kids love to ask what day comes next when they're learning the day of the of the week or what month comes next when they're learning to tell tell time, tell years and you know to tell time. All that is something that kids need to learn. And um, it does help build patience too, because then they understand the passage of, of time and one patience is required. Often it feels to them like it's never going to happen because just because they don't understand the information of how long a day is, how long an hour is. Okay. So moving on to number six, number six is teaching kids self-control because basically, uh, a lack of patience is a lack of self-control, right? Not being willing to sit in that discomfort until something comes up. Yes, that is so true. (laughs) So when they do understand time, but they're still having a hard time waiting, it's a lack of self-control. And this is, you know, going back to number two, this is what we need to exemplify to them from ourselves, have it ourselves, the internal discipline. I talked to, have talked to my kids a lot and currently teaching Um, a couple of them about the difference between internal versus external discipline. Internal discipline is something that you have and you decide to do. And external discipline is what I have to apply when you aren't applying internal discipline. So because you don't have the control coming from inside of you, then I have to exert control from the outside of you. And you get to choose which one of those is going to happen, really. I mean, you don't like mom saying, okay, it's time for you to go sit in your bedroom and calm down. But that's because you didn't apply control from the inside. And so I try to explain it to my kids this way. And I I think it is helping them build patience. Yes, I love that. And it's a great example, or rather it's a great lesson about the real world, right? Like when you cannot exert the discipline to stop at a red light, the police will exert the external discipline of giving you a ticket and potentially putting you in jail if you do something bad enough. So what a great, great, great reminder, that internal and external discipline. So one example that's worked with us for self-control lately is teaching my kids about fasting. So in our religion, we fast once a month to teach them how to uh, allow their spirit to have control over their body. And this is very difficult for small children. I mean, we don't have our four-year-old do it, but usually right around when they get baptized around age eight, they start to try fasting. And it is, I mean, it's a difficult thing for a grown human to be like, oh, you know, to not make it into a chore. But it's a beautiful way to teach them that internal self-discipline on something that matters really very little. It's a a choice, right? It's not something that, that they're required to do. Um, But when they learn to settle into that discomfort and to allow uh, to feel that hunger and then to still choose something else is so powerful. And that's worked really well for us lately. That is such a great example of a way to build self-control and thereby patience. Okay. The last one we want to share with you is just a reminder to praise them when they pack, when they practice patience, even the tiniest little bit of patience, praise that to the moon. It will work. Yes, I love that. As a parent, we are responsible for correcting all the negative behaviors. So sometimes that's all we see. We all we see is where they could have done better. And we forget to look for and notice and then praise all the ways that things are going well. Um, especially if you have kids of many different ages, you know, the younger one will do something naughty and you'll think, oh, if only you could, you know, act like these older kids. But instead to remember how far they come every single day in their development and to praise them every time that they do something that requires a little bit of patience. Yep. Kids respond so well to praise because they're designed that they want to please their parents. It's part of their makeup, their what's inside of them, that they want to please you. And and that's okay. And it's, it's even better 
when we notice and compliment the good things that we notice in them. Because like you said, you know, we're, (laughs) it's our job to correct the wrong things. Like we have this whole series about, you know, the things that we're working on with them that are less than desirable, but we really, really need to praise and compliment and cultivate those good things that we see in them. And we need to be looking for it. Like, you know, many times on this podcast, we have mentioned how uh, we find what we're looking for. So if we label a kid as being, you know, the tattletale, we're going to see that he's always tattling. But if we are starting to look for the good things in our kid, we're going to see those too. Yes. That's such a beautiful reminder. You know, as a final thought, I just want to say that we live in a world, not only of instant gratification, but in a world that values not so much the traditional values, right? Values, uh, power and prestige and fame and money and all these things that are very worldly. And what we're trying to teach our children is a deeper, more meaningful way of life. We're trying to set them up for a life full of these meaningful biblical values that the world might not value, but we do. And, And in all honesty, the world does value them. We just maybe forget to teach them sometimes because when we see someone be kind to us, let us in in a traffic jam or allow us to go ahead of them at the store or any number of things that might require extra patience, we're so grateful for that bit of Christianity. And yet, how often do we work on practicing it ourselves or are we always trying to elbow our way to the front and figure out a way to get ahead, right? So um, teaching these kids these really deep, difficult values is, is going to serve them for the rest of their life and it's so fun to watch. Yes, that is a really nice way to put it that I was thinking about for my final thought, I was thinking about the benefits, how patience is going to be a benefit and a fruit and rewarded in eternity. But you're absolutely right. It will enrich this life as well. Um, and so it, it will make it so that they enjoy this life and other people enjoy being around them in this life. <laughs> so definitely we want to, um, work on this in ourselves. I have noticed in myself recently an impatience if I'm not doing something, if I'm not, you know, actively working on something, doing something, I have noticed a restlessness or a lack of patience. And I really liked um, doing this episode about the good trait of patience and cultivating it in my kids because it kind of shines a spotlight for me that I need to be working on more of this in myself too. We hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and this new series. Let us know what you think. We want to hear from you. And that's it for this episode and this week. I'm Audrey. I'm Bonnie, and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. I don't have a good, catchy name for this new series do you have any ideas oh yeah um why well, buddy um uh, yeah you guys yes go ahead and have a snack i'll make lunch in a minute i moved all our snacks out of my office into the pantry and i might regret, uh, regret that i mean all we have is like granola bars but <laughs> they'll be gone in five seconds i'm sure um it, the other one was got kids what if it's like um What, what, what about like biblical virtues for kids or Christian virtues for kids? Virtues for kids? Yeah. Just plain virtue? Oh, I, I said biblical or Christian Yeah, I know, but I'm kids. wondering about just plain virtues for kids. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it.